get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. That's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Thrilled to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. One of my favorite times of the week is talking with our guy Joey Vitale, blues analyst for 101 ESPN. You heard him on the call last night. God, it was so good to be able to hear Joey and Curbs and Ferrario all on the call once again for Blues versus Avalanche. Joey, how you doing, man? Hey, BK. Hey, I'm doing great. You know, it's funny that uh, Electric Connection um, – show with Joey now the new sponsor on this I like it it kind of it always makes me think of that song uh BK you may be a little young Alex you're definitely too young for this remember that song uh it's electric woogie 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 yeah, the the electric, electric slide, slide. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's the song I'm talking about hey that was popular that was popular so I mean it's still popular Joey did you wear really... I've been to a wedding before <laughs> Joey did you put yeah, the bell bottom did you do it the was bell- really popular. Did you do the school. bell-bottom pants, Joe, and you used to do the electric slide? Did you used to go out to those dance clubs like John Travolta and Saturday Night Live? Listen, fellas, I didn't go to no dance clubs. I didn't wear bell-bottoms. But what I did do, I hit the Resurrection Mixer hard. Hey. Sounds great. I mean, that was the go-to mixer. The thing about the Resurrection Mixer was this, guys. Keep in mind. You go to the CBC Mixer, the Chaminade Mixers, the Village of Shen Mixers. They had all the teachers and nuns yeah. and priests. They were... They were the people watching over, making sure kids don't do, you know, kid-like stuff. Yeah, you got to make direction. You got to keep yeah. room for Jesus, Joe. Right? That's right. That's right. You keep room for Jesus. Uh, but the resurrection mixer, they had like the, the coolest parents yep. to show up. I think they were half cocked the whole time, <laughs> and kids were just like, just it was basically, um, it was like, it was like L.A. in the '60s with, with the kids and all the stuff they were doing. But this song would always play at a resurrection mixer, and I'll never forget. I had my my ripped jeans on. I had a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt because I was huge oh, in the WWF back in the day. My God. And, uh, Let's just say no girls wanted to dance with me that night. So so you were dropping it to the floor to the electric slide in your Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt, basically. I was assuming Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch, honestly. Yeah, I, I see Abercrombie and Fitch with you, Joe. Those were the jeans, Abercrombie ripped jeans, yep. without question. Yes, of course. And then I had the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, shirt with the blood running down his face. I think he just took a chair to the head. Apparently. Some curve cologne. Well, no wonder you, you nobody, had the whole thing going. No, no wonder nobody wanted to dance with you, Joe. They were probably afraid of you. I had a hemp necklace. Remember the hemp necklaces? Those were huge back in the day. Uh, my, my daughter, she, she, she thinks I'm crazy too. But um, I had a hemp necklace on. I had the worst acne. I had braces for like 13 years. I had a shaved bald head. And I'll never forget it. I'll Come never on. forget it. Me and, me and my, one of my good friends, uh, we, I had a crush on a girl. Her name was Courtney Wilson. And she oh. went to visitation. And one of my good girlfriends uh, tried to get us on a three-way conversation to see if she liked me. And Emily said, hey, Courtney, you got a crush on Joey. Courtney didn't know I was on the line. And then she goes, oh, my God, ooh, no, Mr. Baldy at me face. I was like, oh, oh boy. Well, I'm just going to quietly hang up this three-way call and 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go be with myself for a little while here and, and try to get through this. <laughs> Understandably so. All right, Joe. Well, talk to me about this game last night, man, because uh, Birdie Rose is not a fan of your. Uh, she is not a fan of your bald and braceless face. Um, uh, <laughs> a lot of aspects from that game last night, Joe, that should be excited about. But we we keep getting texts that are telling us it's one game, guys. Calm down with the enthusiasm. Are we right to be enthusiastic after 60 minutes of hockey? You know what? No, we should be enthusiastic because this is a great start for a great hockey team, guys. Uh, a team with brought in some veterans, and I think they were excited to kind of get rolling and get the ball rolling here. And, and I like I liked the five-on-five play that they stifled a very good hockey team. And I was talking to Steve Ott a little bit this morning, and, and he told me this team is as dialed in as they were around that playoff run. So it just goes to show you how mature this, this team is and what the veterans they have and how they've gotten prepared up to this point very early in the season. I think you look at the game last night, it could have gone either way. Uh, everyone had expectations. You could have seen a goose egg. You could have seen a game like we saw. And I think it just goes to the maturity and the veteranism of this team and this coaching staff of how prepared they were from the get-go in game one. Joey, I want to ask you about Jordan Kyrou because everybody's going to focus in on the goal that he had last night. It was a good one. It's it's worth focusing on. But he made some defensive plays as well, I thought, last night that kind of showed the growth that we've seen from him. What did you see from Kyrou last night? And what do you think Craig Berube is happy about from what he saw from Kyrou last night? You know, I tell you what, I was more impressed with what Kyrou did away from the puck. And I told this to the broadcast last night with Curbs and than what he did with the puck. And listen, what he does with the puck is, is pretty magical. I mean, look at that goal, the tic-tac-toe with Tyler Bozak gets to the net hard. You see his excitement. I love his speed down low. I mean, we all know he has a straightaway speed up and down the ice. He can kind of fake to the inside and go around defensemen on the outside. That's that straightaway speed that is very obvious. But last night he had the speed where he was kind of swiveling in and out and doing the 360s down low and losing defensemen, including Kale McCarr defensemen. I mean, high-caliber Gerard, Kale McCarr fast, efficient defenseman. He's losing these guys in the corner. So not only his up and down speed, but his quickness on his feet and his ability to turn out of checks was impressive. But uh, all that was kind of the obvious for this young Jordan Cairo. But what was impressive to me, uh, BK, I agree with you, was his play away from the puck. There were times where the Blues got a little bit loose at times and you saw Colorado have a three-on-two or an odd-man rush coming the other way and all of a sudden, boom, it got broken up by a forward coming back with back pressure. And twice it was Jordan Cairo. So I think he's starting to take ownership of the defensive side, starting to take ownership of play away from the puck, doing all the little things that Craig Bruby needs him to do because last night he looked like a different player. I mean, he looked like a different human being. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. He looks confident. You see him talking a lot on the ice. You can hear him talking because there was no one in the building. Uh, a man just really taking charge of his career, and uh, it's exciting for the St. Louis Blues to have him. Uh, part of this wonderful lineup. Joe, I want to go back to what Steve Ott told you about how this team looks as, as, as energized and locked in as they did in that cup run. And I tell you, the one thing that I, I agree with and that sticks out to me because of that is the fact that the Blues on offense, when they had the puck in the zone, it was consistent pressure. I mean, Colorado couldn't get the puck off of their stick all the while while the Blues were able to switch that entire roster on the ice and get a new line out there. That, to me, is when, when you know that this Blues team is on their game. I agree, Alex. I think that was in that third period where we saw, I think it was the, the third line of Jordan Cairo. They had a great shift. And that was the shift I was talking about as far as him losing defenders and holding on to the pucks and quite down now. Swooping in and out of the checks right there. But then that third line kind of went and they went and they went. And the first person, get this, the first person to change after that that wonderful 40-second kind of segment in the offensive zone was Jordan Cairo. I saw him lead the bench. They got a fresh body right on the ice. I'm surprised Craig Ruby went with that fourth line, but 
but he went with the Clipper line right after, and then it was the fourth line. Grind, 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 grind. Colorado ended up taking an icing, so they got a little bit of a breather, unfortunately, for the Blues that couldn't capitalize. But those are those plays. Those are those sequences in a game where it happens over two minutes span where you know that the opponent's either going to take a penalty or it's going to end up in the back of their net. But that's that Blues brand of hockey. It's that wave after wave, grind after grind, just waves of Blues jerseys just coming one after another and wearing the opposing team down. And then when you can get fresh bodies out there, that's when they really can counter and attack in a good way. So we, we saw that. We saw the physicality. We saw saves. We saw structure. We saw discipline at times. I mean, for a first game, guys, after the pause and all the emotional turmoil that a lot of these players and coaches have felt over the last four to five months, that was that was as impressive as it gets, I think. We're talking to Blues analyst for 101 ESPN, Joey Vitale here on the show. Joey, I did want to ask you about Robert Thomas because holy cow, that that pass that we saw from him was about as good as you're going to get, and it showed everything that we've been talking about. Is he ready at this point to take that next step, or are we seeing it right before our very eyes? I mean, listen, when Alex and I were talking on our show the other day, this week in hockey, shout out, uh, we talked about breakout player uh, for this season. And I think it's going to be Robert Thomas, not only because I think he's ready for it. uh, There's something about that third year. You look at Nathan McKinnon, some of these stars in the National Hockey League, it takes them a few years. You know, the first year they come on strong, then there's that second year sophomore slump. And then third year, they realize the mistakes made in year two, and they really come out and, and are impactful in year three. And that's the timing right now for Robert Thomas. I liked the pass to Sunquist at the end as he kind of gave the no look to the back door. I liked the actual first pass, which if you looked a little bit closer, as he slipped it to Jaden Schwartz, who set up Sunquist for the first goal of the game. I mean, he had one hand on a stick, and I was talking to him this morning on a Zoom, believe it or not, just about 10 minutes before you guys called. And I said to him, I said, well, you're so good now, you don't even need two hands on your stick. And he kind of, of course, kind of laughed it off and, and just uh, made some sort of joke about me making bread. Anyway, so, I mean, it, it, it goes to show you that he's confident. He's got swagger. You know, he was going to the net. I believe Graves was chirping him as he crashed into Grubauer, and he kind of started chirping back. He, he's getting mature. He's getting, he's getting more composed. He's getting kind of that, that kind of confident kind of demeanor and attitude you want to see out of a top two centerman in the National Hockey League. And the playmaking ability just goes on and on forever. I know a lot of critics out there say, man, shoot the puck more, shoot the puck more. I don't know, guys. I saw some of those passes last night, and if you would have taken a shot on some of those opportunities, I don't think the Blues can counter and score. So I like his playmaking ability. I think we should just trust the fact that every now and then he may give up on a shot opportunity because the other nine times out of ten, he will connect and make an incredible pass and then hopefully set the Blues up for a nice scoring chance because he's got some he's got playmaking in his blood, and it was a lot of fun to see him. Him and Jordan Cairo last night, uh, two of the best forwards on the ice, and Look at the youth at St. Louis, and we have this new wave of youth coming, so it's pretty exciting. Joe, final one I want to ask if that's uh, okay with you and Bertie Rose. Um, Jordan Bennington last night, very impressive. He's talked about it throughout the training camp, but I love the fact that Colorado was trying to get him off of, the, off of his game and play behind the net more, kind of get, make him go left to right, but he was always composed in front of the net, and he was always challenging the shot. I thought he looked just as advertised what we saw throughout training camp. He was. Listen, this is a kid that is not happy with his performance in the bubble. Uh, Even though he's given the St. Louis City two wonderful years of consistent winning brand hockey, Um, what have you done for him lately and and what he did in Edmonton was not something he was happy about from from an individual standpoint or for this team. He felt like probably at times he probably let his team down, let the city down, and a missed opportunity. So how do you respond to that? How do you go about yourself for the next four to five months and think about what had happened well, I'll tell you what he did. He just got right back to the gym, and he started really preparing physically, mentally, emotionally for this return that he thought eventually was going to happen. And, of course, it happened 
last night, but it didn't just happen overnight. I mean, this is a kid that started the camp day one. Darren Pang was extremely impressed by how sharp he was, how dialed in he was. His laser focus, when he goes to make a glove save, he, his eyes stay on that puck. When he goes to make a stick save and the puck goes to flex into the corner, his eyes stay on that puck. That's how you know he's calibrated. His mind is working. It's functioning properly where he's seeing the pucks on a great, great level. You know, last night, I liked the way his head was going 360, especially those wraparounds in the second period. He was going post to post, holding the post strong. There was Nathan McKinnon came in on that one rush and three or four bodies tried to knock Biddington off his post, but he held strong on that pad and kept the puck out. As he showed strength, he showed flexibility, a lot of fight back. I love his fight last night. Think about this. The first shot on net from Burakovsky goes through his armpit, hits the post. That almost squeaked in. Then about four minutes later, Burakovsky scores in the power play. Every reason, every, every, every reason to kind of kind of go back in that hole and think, oh, boy, here we go again. But I was impressed by the fight back. The Blues got back. They evened it up, and they went on that run because of their goaltender. He had fight. He had jam. He had confidence. He didn't look nervous. Uh, this is this is old school Jordan Bennington. The Blues should be excited to see him back. He is Joey Vitale. You'll hear him tomorrow night. Blues versus Avalanche pregame coverage begins right here on 101 ESPN starting at 7 o'clock. Joe, always appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and the fam. We'll talk with you again soon. Yeah, and forget everything I said about the resurrection mixture stuff. That was that was just we were we weren't on air yet, were we? No, no we were recording. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go ahead yeah. and get rid of that. We'll edit it out in post production. We'll be good to go. Although Joe, Joe I, I fully expect a picture of you in your Abercrombie jeans, your Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, and your buzzed head. <laughs> oh baby, next Halloween, that's when I'm gonna be all over again. I can't Thanks, wait, guys. You got it. That is Joey Vitale joining us here on 101 ESPN.